Hallelujah. Full day already. Good morning. As I um, bring the word this morning, I'm reminded um, these are the days where These are the days where you discover, where you discover how Christ feels about you. These are the days where you discover how valuable that you are to Christ Jesus. These are the days where you begin to have the revelation and the understanding of your intricate part in his family. These are the days where he, you begin to discover how, che- how cherished you are and how valuable in a way that is, can't be measured with the commodities of this world. Can't be measured by the size of your bank account or the type of car you drive or the type of job that you have. It can't be measured by what you think about yourself in places of importance or how much revelation you've had or how much teaching that you've had. These are the days where we as a people discover that the value that God has placed on you as an individual was called out of his love, was called out of his tender mercy. You know, what they were having this discussion with the disciples and Jesus. And Jesus said, who do men say that I am? Right? Who do you say that I am? Now here he was, the son of God, born into the earth. God himself walking on the earth. And his question was, who do you say that I am? Who do you, what's your confession? What's real to you today? Is it Sunday, so we go to church for two hours and we go out and we forget all about it? Is this life to you? Is this what sustains you for the next seven days or the month or year? Is what's happening here providing the freedom and the the setting free of who you are? Or is this just an event? And after it, it was cool, it was good, I really felt the worship, I was encouraged, and then you go on about your day. What is this to you? They were having this discussion. And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, it wasn't from a teaching. It wasn't from some book that he read or some latest uh, event that happened that, he, that Simon went to and somehow it changed it. None of that. He said, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What was he saying? He was saying on that understanding of the confession of who Christ is and your value to him, 
your confession, how you structured your life, how you begin to change and make decisions in your life to line up with who He is. He said, on that understanding, on that confession, on that decision, I will build my church. And gates of hell will not prevail against it. We're coming into a season of, called trumpets. Trumpets, uh, the day of trumpets is September 16th. And as I did last Sunday, I tried to explain some of the feasts to you in maybe a little bit of non-traditional way. Now, the traditional ways of explaining the feasts are critical. They're critical path to your journey. You need to understand why these feasts were put in place and why God himself said that these are perpetual from generation to generation. You shall observe them. Anyone who does not observe them is not part of the assembly, is cast out of the camp. So it comes with a warning. There are so many people across the globe today that says, oh, they're Old Testament feasts. They're Old Testament. They don't pertain to our day today. They don't, they're not relevant today. The trumpet sound, we're coming into the day of trumpets on September 16th. The trumpet was used in that day. It was a ram's horn. It was a shofar. And it was the means by which their PA system existed in the camp of hundreds of thousands. When you heard that trumpet sound, you were supposed to stop what you were doing and you were supposed to go and find out what the announcement was. You, were supposed, you had an expectation. Something really important is about to take place. I'm going to hear about something that is going to affect the entire community. And so they dropped what they're doing and they sent their elders to the forefront. And it was a PA acknowledgement, so to speak. In the old days, when the old days, when I was young, there used to be the TV, and it would every Saturday morning go and it was really annoying because I wanted to watch Bugs Bunny, right? And I wanted to watch the, the things that I got up to watch. And now all of a sudden, it was a test of an emergency broadcast system that if something happened in our nation, you knew that that sound was going to be followed by something really important that could potentially change the lifestyle of an entire globe. That's what trumpets is. Trumpets is the sound of the archangel from heaven. Jesus said this, so if you think it's an Old Testament feast, why would Jesus in Matthew 24 say this? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. You can't turn on any public thing today and not hear about famines and fires and wars and nuclear uh, plans that people are making, death and destruction, hurricanes. It's not possible. Jesus said when these things happen, they're just the beginning of birth pains, and you know that the time is short. Back to the scripture. 
Verse 7, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places all over the globe. Then they shall deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and shall be hated by all the nations for my sake. These are Jesus' words. Then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another and shall be hated by one another. And false prophets shall rise, and that shall deceive many. And because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that endures till the end, the same shall be saved. Skipping down to verse 29, and he said, Consider all of that, of what he just said, and then put it in this light. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give his light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the signs of the Son of Man will appear in the heavens. And, there sh- and then all tribes of the earth will mourn that they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send his angels with great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from the ends of heaven to one another. The reason it's called trumpet is because there's going to be a global event happening such as the world has never seen before. And it's described in so many places. It's also described in Revelation. But this global event is the sound of the archangel, Jesus himself, coming to blow the trumpet. At that point, it's too late for those who don't know Christ. Because the angels are going to gather the people and there's a decision that gets made before the white throne of judgment. So we can begin to understand that trumpets is a really important part to go into knowing what it stands for. It says the dead will rise. That means all those who are in the graves... How many of you have had loved ones that have died? You should all be raising your hands. You see, on this day, the power of the Word of God is so enormously, incredibly strong. We heard the scripture early that kicked off this meeting. Eye has not seen nor ear heard what God is about to do. He's going to do abundantly increasing way above all that you could ask or think. Can you imagine the dead coming out of the graves? Well, according to the scripture, it's going to be far beyond that. It's going to be a global event. You're going to see people who lived generations ago walking the streets. That's the power of the word of God. And it is told in so many places all throughout the word. Jesus himself came to a tomb and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Oh, wait a minute, don't open the tomb, it stinks, it's been three days, his body's decayed, it's terrible. Open the tomb. No, you don't understand, we laid him in there, he's dead. Open the tomb. You see, there are so many places where Jesus came to bring resurrection. And it all speaks of a future day that's going to take place called Trumpets. It's called the ten days of awe between trumpets and atonement because awe 
things happen throughout the globe that cannot be explained by human reasoning. There are the ten days of awe. In other words, exceptional events happen on the place on the earth. And then we come to the Day of Atonement. And I described some of the atonement to you last Sunday. It's a day on September 25th where we come and we receive the atonement. Sin is removed from the earth. Sin is removed. Remember the two goats. Aaron laid his hands on the one goat and transferred all the sins of the people onto the head of the goat. And the goat was removed from the camp and sent out into the desolate wilderness where there was no substance and no food to sustain the goat. And he was to wander there for the rest of his life. Do you not know that sin is going to be bound up and thrown into a pit for the rest of eternity, for a thousand years, but eventually for all eternity? Do you not know these things? You need to. These are serious days. We need to be thinking about what am I? What, what do I want changed in my life that doesn't glorify God? What does the scriptures say about a Christian who bears the name of Christ? What does that person act like? We just had a call to give of ourselves. Many of us are still stuck on not wanting to give the full tithe. And therefore we're shipwrecking our own faith because we choose not to obey the command of God. We have a day of repentance coming up. That's one of thousands. It's up to between you and God. I can give you his word. I can tell you what he's commanded, but at the end of the day, it's your choice. It's your decision. It is completely up to you. It is not coercion from me or any other pastor or teacher. It's your decision on what you do about the commands of God. You might be saying, well, you know, I'm not in that place of uh, riding the tops of the mountains, of the blessing, where I can just totally trust in Him. There's a story in Ezekiel that describes this day that we're in that is a trumpet story that is describing the day of trumpets but in another way from another time in another place. And that story happens to be in Ezekiel 37 when the the very Spirit of the Lord came upon Ezekiel and it says this, And the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. So you can already see that God is working by the Spirit. He's working by his awesome power. He is sounding a trumpet. He led me, and it was full of dry bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And he asked me this question, Son of man, meaning the Spirit of the Lord to Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? Now I want you to picture in your mind's eye a vast valley, perhaps as big as the upper valley. 
And I want you to look at the plains that are open and the fields and the places and the shopping malls and the markets. And I want you to understand there is no place where you look that there aren't dry bones. Not flesh, not the inner parts of the body, dry bones. Meaning that they had been there for a really long time. That they had been submitted to the elements and they dried out. This people was once a vibrant people. They were living, they were active, they were carrying on their lives. They were being married and given in marriage, and they were having parties and they were assembling in places like this. This people were a full-grown people who were once a blessed people, who walked in the favor of God, who walked in the understanding of who God is. But this story prophesies a change. They became dry and dead. They became without life. They dropped in the places of where they were without carrying the word of God to sustain them and anchored in his love. This people's bones were scattered abroad. And now God is asking, can this people live? And he said the same thing that you and I might have said. I have no idea. I have no understanding of how this people could be revived. And from all natural logic, the answer would be no, never again. Ezekiel 37, 4, Then he said to me, prophesy to the bones. In other words, the trumpet blast is now on the scene. Prophesy to them with a release of the word of God. Dry bones, hear the Lord. That's the trumpet. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons on you and make your flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So Ezekiel did what he was commanded to do, and he prophesied to the dry bones. And he, as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound. You need to understand, wherever the voice of the Lord is released in the earth, the trumpet sound, that which were, was prophesied to happen in our day. Is this not the end times according to what Jesus said? Famines and wars and rumors of war and people rising up. Has there ever been a day like this? Most of you can say no, never. Then Jesus said, then you will know that the end is near. And when the word of the Lord is released, it is released with the full authority and the full, full power of heaven to disregard any man-made event. In other words, when people die, they go into the grave. But this comes with the power to restore that. Noise and a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and the tendons and the flesh appeared on them, and the skin covered them, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. You see, the breath, when Jesus breathed on his disciples, they received the Holy Spirit. Understand that when breath comes, it is the very Spirit of the Lord that comes in life to restore that which was dead. 
You have the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, did you not know, is living and alive and active inside the temple that you walk around with every day. And he said to me, prophesy. And the breath, and the Son of Man said to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Breath, come from the four winds and breathe into the slain that they may live. So I prophesied and he com- as he commanded me. And the breath entered them and they came to life and they stood up onto their feet as an army of the Lord's. Then the son of then he said to me, Son of man, these are the bones of the whole house of Israel. Wow. The whole house of Israel. In other words, all of the sons of God is represented by this story in the sound of a trumpet blast on a particular day and in a particular event. And it changed the valley of dry bones. And the word of the Lord was released by the speaking of his word out of the mouth of Ezekiel. And the breath of life produced the life in these people. So you say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone and we're cut off. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You may be thinking this is like any other day. You may be thinking that the prophecies that I have received over the last 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 50 years. God was mistaken and he made a mistake. But God tells us in this prophecy, therefore prophesy to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says, my people, I am going to open the graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. And when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land and in your own place. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Where is your land? Where is your place? Where is the place God gave you to inhabit? Where is the promise that God gave you to dwell in? Where is your area of influence? Where is your area where you are able to release the word of the Lord for others? I would submit to you it's the place where God assigned you to experience tabernacles this year. A little place called Praise Chapel in a hidden away place. In a place called the Upper Valley to experience the dry bones coming to place, your hopes, your dreams, the prophecy that God has released to you in the days past and gone by, the places that you were hoping for but haven't yet become your experience. Karen prophesied at the beginning of our service, I has not seen. Your imagination hasn't been big enough. You're still thinking can I give 10%? Oh my gosh, that's... Uh, and you do a calculation, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's huge, I can't. You're still thinking too small. You're still thinking the old way. But children of Israel, 
We're heading into a season of the feasts, of the trumpet blast changing everything. Can you believe for it? What are you believing for? If you're believing for nothing, nothing will happen. If you're believing for somebody else to do it, somebody else will do it, and you will be left on the sidelines, be one of the people to ask, what just happened? You will be like the disciples who were in the upper room, but many left. And said, Jesus said, are you going to leave too? Jesus prophesied in the beginning, the, 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 whack, the, the love of some will wax cold. I read that to you in Matthew 24. Some will be offended. Some will be false prophets. Some will be angry and resentful and depart from the way of the Lord. I'm suggesting to you, we have an opportunity as a body of believers to walk through in a, a feast of atonement that God commanded us to keep with a bigger vision, with a bigger understanding, with more hope, with more anticipation. Again, it was prophesied to you this morning, your thoughts have been too small. God wants to do more abundantly, more than you could ever ask or think. These days of the trumpets and atonement are all about changing your thinking, changing your perception, changing who you think you are to align with who God says you are, to align with the sonship. You're more than you've become. You're more than what you give yourself credit for. You are a son of the living God. You might say, well, I might be a son. And yes, I believe that I'm saved. And truly you are. This isn't a story about going to hell. This is a story for the children of God who are sons. They are saved. You have a destiny eternally with Christ Jesus. But you may be saying to yourself, you know, I'd just be happy to get to heaven. I'd just be happy to get through another day. There's another story that is a trumpet blast story that is being released in the day we're in because God's passionate heart for us is unwavering. And as I begin to close, it is Ezekiel 37.4, excuse me, He says uh, in Luke chapter 15, verse 11, and Jesus tells this story. He said to them, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, give me my share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property. Are you saying I just want to get to heaven? Just give me what is mine in terms of salvation and I'll go my way. I'll attend church and I'll do the good Christian things and I'll do what I can to support the ministry. I'll tell a couple people about Christ. I'll tell, you know, what he's done in my life. Basically a weak testimony because you don't see yourself as one of the perpetual overcomers in the way God sees you. Give me what is mine, the son says. I want to lead my own life. 
I want to make my own decisions. I want to go and do what I want to do. I want to fulfill the passions that I have. If I give my time and my money and everything that I am to the church, I'll never experience the things I want to do. I want to be my own person. And so not many days from there, the younger son gathered all that was given to him by the father, because in those days, you could ask for your inheritance before your father died. And this son took a journey into a faraway country, and there he squandered his property in reckless living. In other words, he took the millions of what he was given, and he threw it away. He didn't plan very well. He didn't consider the consequences. He just lived it up. He did what he wanted to do, when he wanted to do it, the way he wanted to do it, with who he wanted to do it with. He was his own God. He was his own decision. This story is about a Christian who once knew God, but walked away from him. Who once knew the benefits of Christ. Who once knew the promises that are handed down through the sons of Jacob through Israel. And he said, that's not for me. I want to live my own life and do my own thing. And when he had spent everything, a fierce, a a severe famine rose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out for the first time in his life. He hired himself out as a slave to another. He put his trust in something else. He put his hope in something else. He submitted himself, a son of the living God, made in God's image, given the treasures of heaven, threw it all away, and got so desperate to the point he needed to hire himself out for the first time in his life to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the field to feed his pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods of, that, of, the, of the pods that those pigs ate. And no one gave him anything. Can you imagine being brought to a place where my job is to feed these pigs? If any of you have ever raised pigs, they're one of the smelliest animals that I have ever raised. We used to raise three to four pigs every single year, all growing up until I was a teenager. Smelly, smelly, dirty, nasty. Therefore, the saying, don't be like a pig. Don't wallow in the poop. Don't wallow in the filth. This man was. And he longed for somebody just to reach out to him and feed him. He was longing, only if I could eat some of what the pigs are eating before I give it to him and before it's all rotten and nasty. If I could just eat it while it was still nourishment, still good, some value left in it that would do me good, but nobody gave him anything. And in this state, he is still a son. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, and I'm sitting here perishing with hunger, and I'm about to die? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. 
In other words, my sin isn't only against my family. It's against God. It's against the prophecies. It's against the release of His Word that was planted inside of me. I've sinned against that. I will arise and go to my Father and say to Him, I've sinned against heaven and earth and before you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Would you hire me as your servant? Now, like one of the sons of Jacob, Jacob and Esau, selling his birthright just to satisfy the hunger that was in his stomach. Now, I can imagine if I were this child, and I have done this many times of myself, I haven't valued the Word of God as high as I ought to have. I haven't obeyed His commands as quickly as I should have. And so I'm giving you this word, and some of you think I'm talking about you. Well, I'm not. The only way I can bring a word like this is to having experienced it and still know his heart. I would think to myself, I couldn't possibly face my family. I couldn't possibly go back and even show myself within a thousand miles of them. I couldn't face my father. The shame that would ha- you would have to overcome would be another insurmountable mountain that I could, you could never achieve. And he arose and came to his father, but while he was still a long way away, his father saw him and felt compassion on him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Understand that we're talking about spiritual things here. While he was still a long way off, the Spirit of the Lord found you and loved you and drew you back to the heart of the Father, overcoming the shame, not rehearsing what he's going to say to you when you're eyeball to eyeball. You're a terrible son. How could you? You have shamed me and my family, and all the region knows what you've done. You're this, and you're that, and you're this, and you're that. You see, the father wasn't rehearsing that. He fell in compassion. And the son said to his father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on my son. Put my signet ring on his finger that reestablishes his authority in my house. Put this on his hands and put these shoes on his feet that enables him to walk rightly again that enables him to travel and traverse the hard places. And bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us all eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, like the valley of dry bones, like the Christian who walked away, like the son that we all have, or daughters, that we're hoping for that we've been praying for, 
that currently aren't serving the Lord, but you, as their parent, have a, may have a prophecy when they were born that says they will serve the Lord. And if that's the only thing that you've held on to and it hasn't come to pass yet, this is your story. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine, this is the father talking. This is the same father who spoke into existence the universe. This is the same father who commanded light out of darkness. This is the same Father who commanded the light to be separated from the darkness. This is the same Father who commanded the waters to be separated from the dry land. This is the same Father who created all of the animals. And this is the same Father who created you. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again, was lost and he was found. And they began to celebrate because the son heard the sound of the trumpet. Amen? So I leave you with the verse scripture I started with, Matthew 16, 16. Peter was confessing, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God. And he answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you the truth, Peter, and on that rock, on that understanding, on that promise, on that prophecy, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. All of you who are online, be blessed. I hope that uh, just because you're separated from us according to the word, it says there's no distance in the time. So it's not like you get on a plane to experience what God is unfolding in a little town called Hartford Village at Praise Chapel. You too can experience the power of tabernacles, the power of atonement, the power of trumpets coming up. Take some time to go before the Lord and ask Him, what is it that you have to repent for? What thinking of yours needs to change? If you see yourself as one of those wayward sons, the Father in this time is calling them back to himself. Not so he can tell you he was right and that you should have never done it. None of that. He wants to be the very first day of the rest of your life to be such an event that he kills the fatted calf and rejoices because you returned to his side. Amen? So God bless you online. Have an awesome day. Let the word of the Lord go before you in the north and the south and the east and to the west until you become a complete vessel as he promised. Amen?